Good morning. Welcome to worship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our gospel today is from the first chapter of Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of people. And once again, and at once, they left their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. And without delay, he also called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed Jesus. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to join me now as we have opportunity to invoke the Holy Spirit in our time of meditation together today. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, Grant that by that same Holy Spirit, we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm going to call upon our ushers to do some distributing. I'm going to invite you to give this a try again this week. This is just something new. I'm on a different kick, I guess, if you want to call it that. Give this some prayerful consideration in just trying to use this tool as a way of doing some of your devotional work or doing some kind of reflective thinking and contemplating and praying about you and your faith walk this week. Just put this aside. Don't look at it right now. Just place it in your pew. Set it down. I'll be referencing it here in just a few minutes. Now, Bev has indicated that she's going to stand up and she'll start waving her hands when I'm at 20 minutes. So hopefully she won't be standing up. <laughs> So, my question to you is, how was your week? I don't expect all of you to just speak up, and I'm not expecting any of you to say anything right now. I'm just throwing it out there as kind of one of those, uh, what's that word? Well, whatever, whatever that word is. I'm just throwing it out there. How was your week living into and applying the 139th Psalm? Like I said, it's kind of a redundant question, and it's not expecting any kind of answer at this point, but... I do want you to know that if you're open to the possibility of actually giving me some feedback and, and sharing with me whether or not you feel this is something that's a helpful tool or whether it isn't or if you're frustrated with it or whatever, we're, we're all going to be experiencing this in a little bit of a different fashion. And I, I'll, I'll hit on that a little bit today. This first part of my sermon today is, is I'm, I'm going to be reflecting a little bit about how this experience has been for me this week. And I don't know if you resonate with it. It's not an expectation that you should resonate at all with what my experience has been. But I just want to give you an idea of what it was like for me this week to live into and to apply this 139th Psalm this past week. One of the things that I found myself thinking and feeling is a sense of awe and gratitude. I know that throughout the week it made me think twice at various moments, especially when I had opportunity to have conversation with people 
especially on the day when I meditated and I pondered upon the words, before a word comes forth from my lips, you know it completely. That was one of the passages that I found as one of those verses that I tried to live into on a particular day. And one of the other things that I found, it sort of had this residual effect that if you lived into one verse one day, you had a tendency to sort of continue to kind of live into that verse the next day. Or at least there was kind of that subtle thought of what you lived into yesterday and you're sort of still thinking about it today. I know that I thought twice many times before I spoke this past week. And it made me wonder how much better off our lives would be if every single person in the world... Now, of course, that's, that's, that's idealism, of course. You know, I don't know, preachers try to preach idealism in a certain sense sometime because we all want to live in harmony and in peace, don't we? I thought, how much better off would our lives be? How much better off would our world be if everyone gave a second thought before they spoke? I think the world would certainly be a much better place and we would probably be much more civil and we would probably actually get along with each other a little bit better if we really thought and just didn't spew anything and everything that just came out of our mouth. Verse 5 for me, you encompass me behind and before me. You lay your hand upon me. For me, that was a reinforcing, confirming passage. As, I've, as I lived into that verse, it was a reaffirmation of God's baptismal covenant with me. You know I'm really big into this baptismal covenant stuff. You have heard me say it a hundred times if you haven't heard it once. You've heard me say it a hundred times. We live into our baptismal covenant every day of our lives. And one of the things that I oftentimes confirm is that that is a part of what we as Lutheran Christians do. We live into and we affirm the promise that Jesus made with us at our baptism. And the promise is, is that I will be with you always. You are my child. To be encompassed, to be enveloped with the grace and the mercy of Christ every moment and every second of our lives the grace, the love, and the mercy, it is always with us. It is ever-present, and it is always a gift. It's not something that we deserve. It's not something that we've earned. It's something that is freely given to us out of the gracious generosity of Christ. And you and I, we receive it by grace through faith. The other passage that humbled me was verses, it was actually two verses combined, 17 and 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. How many of you, how many of you spent any time on a beach? I'm sure most of you probably have. I recall this past May when our family took a family vacation up to the Pacific Northwest, the Seattle area. And we had opportunity one day to go to the ocean. And I can tell you right now, it wasn't those beautiful, it was actually kind of an ugly beach, really. Uh, a lot of floating debris and, you know, some coots and some strange black birds out there inhabiting a little sandbar. And there was driftwood everywhere. It kind of smelt kind of fishy. And, of course, that's how ocean water is, you know. But anyway, as I sat on the beach, the sand that was running through my hands. How many of you here know what silk feels like? You all know what silk feels like? 
As I lifted that sand and let it flow through my hands, it felt like silk. The grains of sand were so fine that it was silk-like. And as I sat there on the beach and I grasped two handfuls of sand, I couldn't even begin to imagine how many grains of sand were in my hand, but I'm sure it was in the thousands. Thousands of grains of sand were in my hand. How vast is the sum of your thoughts, O God. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. What a humbling, humbling, awe-inspiring passage. To think that the God that loves us has thoughts beyond our imagination. So I'm curious, and I don't expect an answer from you, but just think about it. Did the experience of living and applying the passage to your life, did it help you? Did it help you have a sense of the presence of God for you this past week? Did it help you to see each day with a renewed, godly perspective? I know from my perspective, this whole entire last week seemed different. It was really different for me this past week. Somehow I felt more in touch with God. I can't explain it. All I can say is I felt more in touch with God. The days and the moments throughout each day, they they seemed more peaceful. And it was helpful for me to be more mindful of the wonder and and the awe of God in my life. We gather here today as people of faith. We gather today as people of faith in the resurrected living Lord. As John 14, verse 16 and following tells us, we are promised that the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, is going to be given to us and that that Holy Spirit will be with us forever. You and I have the Holy Spirit and it it lives in us, it abides in us, and it will live in us and it will abide in us forever. You know how long forever is? That's an eternity. Oftentimes when I'm at funerals, I say, you know what? You don't really die. You just go on to be with God. You just keep on living, you know, because that Holy Spirit that was imbibing in you uh, goes to be with God, and you go with the Holy Spirit. And because that Spirit lives in us, this Word that we live around and through, this living Word of Jesus, it speaks to us, and it's speaking to us today. Because the Holy Spirit abides in us, the Holy Spirit, through the voice of Scripture, is saying, follow me again today. And that call comes to each of us within our own unique setting in life. How the Holy Spirit and how that call, that call to follow, hits, hit, hear, how you hear it is completely different how I hear it. That's the wonder and that's the power and that's the overwhelming awe of this whole thing is that every single one of us has our own independent, separate experience of how this call happens and how we experience in our life. We will hear it differently and we will live out that call to follow through a discernment of the Holy Spirit that abides in us. It's not something that is coerced or forced upon us. It's simply an invitation to walk alongside of Jesus again today. There's no forced marches, I can guarantee you that. And in the eyes of Jesus, we are precious in his sight. And what, what, what did we hear about this past week in Psalm 139? We are marvelously made. And we are able to follow Jesus because it is, it is because of Jesus. And it's because of his invitation to us. 
And because the Holy Spirit abides and lives in us, it's, that's what makes it possible for us to actually follow. I appreciate what Deb Thomas says about this call from Jesus. She writes, she says, to all of us, follow me and I will make you. That's what Jesus says. And because all of us experience that call differently, you are the ones that have the opportunity to discern for yourself how throughout this walk of faith, follow me and I will make you. And you get to complete the sentence. This is the promise that Jesus makes, and it makes it possible for, she says, to cultivate us, it, not to sever us from what we love. It's a promise rooted in gentleness and respect, not coercion. She, she further says that when Jesus says, follow me and I will make you, this is a promise from God to us, not from us to God. And I think that's one of the things that we have to remind ourselves of that we aren't the ones, we aren't the ones that, that have made the promise. Because we're going we're gonna to ultimately always fail. We all fall short of the glory of God. And that happens every single day of our lives. There's a song that we used to sing at camp. Of course, there's a lot of songs that we used to sing at camp. But there's one particular song that I uh, always had a little bit of difficulty singing with the staff. When I sang it, I, I changed the words. Now, I know that the author wouldn't be happy with me that I actually changed the words, but for me, I had to change the words because the theology in the song, even though it's a, it's a great song, they didn't come out right for me. The song goes like this. Jesus, lover of my soul, Jesus, I will never let you go. You've taken me from the miry clay, set my feet upon the rock, now I know. I love you, I need you, though my world may fall, I'll never let you go. My Savior, my best friend, I will worship you until the very end. That's a wonderful, beautiful song. The melody is fantastic, but I can't sing the song that way because I know that that's not me. The only way I can sing this song is like this. Jesus Lover of my soul, Jesus, you, Jesus, will never let me go. You've taken me from the miry clay. You've set my feet upon the rock. Now I know. Yes, and because of that, I love you. I need you. And though my world may fall, you, Lord, you, not I, but you, Lord, will never let me go. My Savior, my best friend, I don't know if I will worship you to the very end, but you, you, Jesus, are the one that makes it possible for me to worship you till the very end. Now that's the song that I can sing. And I think that's what, I think that's what Deb Thomas is saying when she says that this is a promise from God to us, not from us to God. Professor Barbara Brown Taylor, I've quoted her multiple times, she talks about this passage from Mark today. She says it's a miracle story. She says that Jesus calls and the four fishermen immediately follow. No hesitation, no questions asked. If, is this because they were men of superhuman courage or prophetic foreknowledge? Of course not. These are the same guys who later in the gospel doubt, deny, and abandon Jesus. They are fallible and as ordinary as the rest of us. And their own, and, and their own volition, their own power, their own power... To use their own will doesn't get them very far. And I think that's a good reminder to us that we will always fail, but Jesus never fails us. 
and that the call is constant, that it is always there, and the invitation is always there for us to turn and come back. She says, no, they immediately follow Jesus because Jesus makes it possible for them to do so. The reason why they followed us is because Jesus initiated the invitation to follow. She further writes that it is not a story about it's not a story about us. She says it's a story about God. It's about God's ability not only to call us, but also to create us as people who are able to follow. Able to follow because we cannot. This is what I find kind of fascinating. She said that we are able to follow because we cannot take our eyes off the one who calls us. And that's one of the things that I've been trying to do through this living into and applying Scripture to our lives is that one of, the things that it, 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 one of the things that it hopefully will do for all of us, I know it did it for me, and I hope it does it for you continually, is that it helps us to see and to look to the one that we simply can't take our eyes off of because he interests us more than anything else in our life. That's what she says. And I'll quote another, another quote from Deb Thomas. She said, It is God alone who captures the imagination. God alone who makes the vision of God's kingdom alive in a human soul. All we can do is embody the vision in the particulars of our lives. I want to read that again. It is God alone who captures the imagination. God alone who makes the vision of God's kingdom come alive in our human souls. All we can do is embody the vision in the particulars of our lives. And I believe as this introduction to this way of entering into and applying Scripture and living into Scripture, I believe that this is one of the things that I have hopefully tried to help you as you this past week had this opportunity to embody, to apply, and to live into this scripture. And because of that, hopefully, through the working of the Holy Spirit who abides in us, you were all given just a glimpse, if only a glimpse, into God's kingdom in our human souls. And so... With that perspective, now we've got this sheet of paper again. And I, you can take it or leave it. It's there. It's an invitation. It is an invitation for you to consider. No forced marches here, folks. This can go home and get thrown in the garbage for all. That's, if that's what you choose to do with it, do it. If you choose to simply leave it in your pew, do it. But this is an invitation for you to consider and to live into the imagination of God. I invite you, I invite the vision of God's kingdom to come alive in our human soul this week. Jesus speaks to us through his words and in the teaching of the Beatitudes. This is what this is. This is some verses from Jesus' teaching of the Beatitudes. And I am inviting you to live into these words this week, apply them to your faith journey, and to be open to the vision of God's kingdom coming alive in your human soul this week. Jesus is again calling us today, follow me and I will make you. You are the ones that get to end that sentence. And maybe it takes on a different personality every single time you say it. Follow me and I will make you. It is God alone who captures our imagination. And as, it, as I enter into this new week, as I enter into this new week, I am looking forward to God capturing my imagination as I have opportunity to reflect and to ponder and to wonder and by the grace of God 
to live into these words from Jesus and through his teaching of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers. Lord, capture our imaginations and feed us. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. I invite you to join me now as we pray the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God.